Yeah, so uh, do we have a... What up, Fold? Topics we want to talk about today, or you want to talk about anything else before we jump into any kind of topics? Do we want to, do we want to banter? I don't think people like it when we banter. People don't like it when we banter. Especially, especially Alicia. Alicia doesn't like it when we banter. Yeah. Terry, Terry likes it when we banter. Yeah. Terry gets a lot of shout outs on this show. Because she's our number one fan. I didn't know that. I, I don't think she is. No, I don't think so. She still listened to more of our episodes than my wife has. <laughs> Does your wife still listen to the show? No. Our wives are in uh, are in Arizona for um, Blessed Is She, their retreat out there. Yeah, they're having a good time. Yeah, apparently. There's about like, what, 10 girls that are from 10 Vegas. ladies? From la- ladies from Vegas? Yes. Yeah, they. Uh, I heard that there was a little caravan this morning for their departure, but my wife didn't participate because she wanted to sleep in a little bit and leave a little bit later. <laughs> That means my wife didn't participate in it either. That is correct. <laughs> and so they kind of went at their own pace, but um, they all got there and got their dinner and they got their ice creams and all the things. It's good. Yeah. All right. So, so today is Friday night. Yeah, it is. What's what's the date? Do we do we reveal the date or um, this... February twenty first? February twenty first. So. I don't know when this episode's going to release, but this probably is sometime in April. Probably, <laughs> I wouldn't doubt it. So, um, I don't know if you had a topic, but w- one of the things that uh, that I've been kind of mulling over in these last couple of days with Youth Day and RE Congress and stuff like that were um, the obstacles for for teens, particularly and young adults, um, to faith. I was talking with uh, um, one of our youth. No! I thought we weren't using names for... We're not using names. We, I was talking to somebody. I'll leave out names. Mmm, <laughs> donuts. <laughs> <laughs> about uh, obstacles to faith. And there was kind of three primary things that uh, um, that she had brought up as like obstacles to faith. And uh, one of the first ones was stigma that she said, that the stigma of what it means to be Catholic and, and all that kind of stuff. The the stigma that goes along with it is is hard for for a teen to come over with either because the 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 stigma just rings so true like that they think that this is true like um whatever the the culture thinks of as us is really us you know what i'm saying yeah i i mean as a teen i mean as a teen (laughs) i'm not a teen so i don't really know what it's like at the moment but i never felt like there was a big stigma with catholics as much as just being a generalized Christian. What do you mean? Like, from, like, that, you know, you get those, um, who are those, the Westboro Baptist guys or oh, whatever, yeah. or any crazy Christian person, and then they always, you know, lump you in with that. Right, and then the, the crazy radical, um, uh, like beat you over the head with the Bible and belittle you till you believe people become the the 
the cornerstone of what it means to be Christian, right? Mm-hmm. And so this like the earth is flat and six thousand years old and uh and anybody who doesn't believe like I do is going directly to hell because God hates them. That's uh that type of type of version of Christianity. Right. And that, and that becomes like the end all be all of all Christianity. So yeah, yeah. So but I just feel like I will you know, maybe not personally like people have said it to me but more of like you get that oh christians will do this yeah you know that's how i felt now i don't know what she's feeling or did she explain it that way you know she did she kind of left it open for i think i think a lot of it went into that i don't think she believes any of the stigmas because i know her faith no 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 but you you don't have to believe it oh, but right, you right. could just still experience it it's any any form of prejudices like that where yeah. they're gonna be like oh you're this so you do that exactly yeah that's and, her that's her experience yeah right but i was just trying to think of what the examples were oh it's usually like bigot stuff like people think that that we hate gay people or that um that we're that we only vote republican or you have to vote republican as a as a catholic or um that kind of stuff or or that you're uh, that you're dumb like uh, another big one is like christians uh catholics in particular or or are dumb, or they follow pedophiles, or you know all this all this stuff that goes along with with everything. Mm. All right, those are those were some of the things I was thinking of under the generalized Christians too. Okay, you know, not the pedophile as much. That's more ours. <laughs> that's, that's, that's our thing. That's our thing. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody else can claim that. That's trademarked here. Yes. <laughs> Oh boy, we're gonna get talking to. <laughs> yeah, but sure no, are. but I mean, Sorry, honestly, Bishop. they don't sit there and say any other Christian faith or any other faith and say, "Oh, they got pedophiles there." Yeah, there's okay. no jokes on that. That's our joke. Yeah, that is everybody. everybody it's meat on Fridays and pedophiles. That's us. That's that's what people joke about with the Catholics. Yep, that's the world we're living in right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that sucks. So yeah, that was one of the big things that she talked about was a stigma, like this, and. And there was this um there's an old Brennan Manning quote, maybe you know it. It was um you don't know it. So Brennan Manning the, the quote goes like this is said that the single cause of or the greatest cause of atheism in the world is Christians because they affirm Jesus with their lips and they deny him with their lifestyle. Um and I don't know I if, know that one. Oh, you did know that one. Yeah. Oh, sweet. So uh they I don't know if that uh kind of goes along with this stigma thing, but um Maybe hip- hypocrisy does a little bit go along with the stigma thing. Yeah, and I also think that everybody's willing to point out hypocrisy real fast, especially with Christian people. Right. Where other faiths also believe that you're supposed to be good mm-hmm. to oh, other yeah. people. Right. But when you're... Then they always go like, "Oh, no big deal." But if you're, but if you're like, "Oh, they, you, you, oh, and you go to church, right?" You know, I feel like that's the thing. <clears throat> yeah, and I think that's. Um, I, I think a lot of the problem with that is like most. I, I guess if we're, I guess a lot of people that I meet that are that are you know striving to be Catholic or or be good Catholics are afraid of being imperfect because of this idea of the hypocrisy thing. Like they're, they're worried that, you know, if people see how they really are, that uh, um, then they're going to think them of as hypocrites. And so they end up having this really, this Christian persona almost to the point where like they, they have this, uh, 
they put on the the Christian face or the Christian voice or the Christian discussion whenever they're 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 talking with you and and you're like oh there's there's something not genuine about what's happening right here yeah like the church version of you yes the church version of you but yeah but that's the thing because you are going to be looked at that way because I mean I remember yeah even years ago that I was talking to somebody uh you know like a high school age kid who went to Catholic school. But they weren't Catholic, and right. they were pointing out that, you know, the thing they hated so much is, you know, she, they could see all the hypocrisy in that. And I'm like, oh, so you don't see that with people at your church? And they're like, well, I guess, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but they had to realize that. But they were like, oh, yeah, these Catholic kids, they're so hypocritical because they do this, this, and this. Right. And then I was like, okay, and yeah. it's okay in the, your Baptist or Methodist or Lutheran churches. Yeah. I think the uh I think I think the key that uh that we have to remember as Catholics and and or just as people who are leaders in the church or catechists or whatever is um that we keep, I keep using this phrase today and I think it's just sticking with me that we're growing in virtue it's not that we have any of these virtues mastered but we're just we're growing in it and you know we're stumbling here and there but that's what that's what grace is for that's why we know we need a savior is the fact that uh, um we haven't got if we had all this virtue stuff figured out then we don't need jesus and this is just plagiarism you know this is but it's all done it's all yeah it's all done by my own effort my own strength my own work but i i'm weak <laughs> i'm growing in virtue extraordinarily slowly it's more like one step forward two steps back most of the days right yeah for you i guess <laughs> not like neil no, neil's neil's Very just virtuous running towards heaven he's with his virtues um anybody will tell you <laughs> But yeah, that's uh, that's I think, and I think if we if we started for one, I think if we started to like really recognize that we are growing in virtue, we haven't figured out virtue, then I think Catholics will get less of that um, Pelagian tag, because I think a lot of people uh, peg us as Pelagians. These these people the idea that salvation comes through works alone through my own effort, not through the grace of God, because of our of of maybe false piousness or maybe our try hard piousness and um <laughs> try hard right and and like the um and then that combine that with our with our sacramental life and then all of a sudden everything looks pelagian uh but if you recognize that hey um i suck at doing a lot of stuff and i suck at being virtuous most of the time um but I'm really trying and I understand what, what I'm called to and what Jesus is calling me to, even if I fail there. And I understand uh, that it is Jesus who is who helps me, A, recognize that I struggle here, and then B, no, reconcile me whenever I fail. You know? And then if we live from that perspective, maybe that might be able to be able to help some of that two of those stigmas, one the, the Pelagian and then also the hypocritical one. You know, it's good that you told me about that. What what you heard from, what what you heard from her, and because one of the classes I took today was on young adults, mm-hmm. and he pointed out one of the things that was tough is for them to, it to um, recognize themselves or whatever you would say. You know, what would you say is, oh, identify themselves as Catholics because of how the outside world would look at them, right? 
so. or even within the church. Like once you say like like if you identify as Catholic, even within the church, you're like, oh, you're, but you're not as Catholic as me because I'm like totally super Catholic and you're just kind of a little you're bit just Catholic. a punk kid. You're, yeah. You're, you're not like, oh, you don't know the liturgy like I do. Or you don't you, you, you know, you you go to you like the Norvis Odo Ordo Mass. You, you're definitely not as Catholic as me. You know, you see what I'm saying? Like, oh, I can see that. Yeah. But. <laughs> But I also see it more. I see it more. Yeah, you're right. I guess, you know, the, he was pointing out as a lot of the outside world, and I could right. see that with the outside world. Oh, absolutely, with the outside world. My, my my whole issue was that if it was just the outside world, I think that that could overcome. But the problem is, is it's the outside world and it's within the inside world, which makes it even even more difficult to overcome that. Because then you could be, you could be trying to be a faithful Catholic. And feel alone outside of the church and inside of the church because of the way we treat each other. Right. And the problem, too, is it will be that, like, generational thing. Because, I mean, I don't know if I told you this story on the air before, but... Wait. <clears throat> Sorry, there should be a cough button, but I don't know where it is. Um, <laughs> but it's... uh, What's it called? We were... um I, When I was working at St. Peter's doing um, youth group stuff, and we we're practicing... uh, uh We're doing a skit. And we're working on it in the uh, the the hall, and their halls like a well, was that the actually, skit? yeah, it was the turnaround skit. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not oh well, it's not even the hall anymore; it's the old hall, so it's right. like room thirteen or whatever. And then there were like these older ladies in room twelve doing some kind of meeting, and then it was like, okay, guys, we're gonna take a break, and I'm gonna go. I have to go over here and make a call or do something. I forget. But then so you got like um, eight teenagers sitting there and they're just kind of goofing off and having a good time in there and then these ladies went in there and they were like yelling at them oh my goodness you know like they're not supposed to be here you can't do this now in the old ladies like uh defense i guess they're a bunch of teenagers just goofing off in one room without an adult right there because i was right outside and then i turn around i'm like hey whoa were you yelling at my kids you know <laughs> But, I mean, that's the yeah. thing. And I felt like that whenever we would do certain things that you get these, you know, old biddies in church that were just like, oh, you teenagers, you got to get gone yeah. because you're just ruining everything. The angry church lady. Yeah, or something. It's like, hey, you know, we're doing this. We're practicing stations across. Yeah. And we practice it at the altar here because that's where we're going to do the presentation. And right. we're doing it on a Tuesday night, so don't worry about it. <laughs> you know? And we've been doing this for years. Right. It is a problem. It's, uh, there was a, um, who was it? It was um, Justinian the Apostate, uh, who, it was one of the Roman emperors who, he was called the Apostate because he went, he brought Rome back into pag paganism, basically. Well, at least the, the you know, the emperor, is, he was an emperor, who brought back into paganism. And uh, one of his um, famous things that I think is, is still true he says that uh, the the Christians fight each other worse than um, worse than wild beasts. You know, like it's like the the infighting amongst the Christians is worse than the fighting amongst that you'll see amongst the, the the wild beast. And I'm like, yeah, that's that's kind of still the case a lot of times. Yeah, I can see that too. Yeah, and I think that that's a problem. That's a problem that we're dealing with because you know how are we supposed to draw people? into the church uh, amongst all these stigmas that are already there whenever we're, you know, we create these additional stigmas and these additional divisions within our own, within our own, like, faith, right? Yeah. One of her other things was um, that she felt like uh, the, one, of the, one of the obstacles was time, which I thought was really interesting. Hmm. 
Yeah, it wasn't that. Uh, um, like elaborate. It wasn't that. Um, that God, like it wasn't that there's was a lack of belief in God or lack of faith or anything in there from her perspective, but that um, there's a lack of time to fit that in because of all these pressing important matters that had to be dealt with. So, um, prayer gets pushed back because it's it's. Kind of like you know, think about Maslow's hierarchy of needs, right? You know, mm. you're, you're taking I care. I need first, exactly, and then and, and then all the other things on top of that, all these other responsibilities that are layered on top of that, and then by the time that you've completed all these other things, you just don't have time to pray or go to mass or all these other um, all these other additional things that just seem um, less pressing to the needs of the day and less, um, I guess. Uh, immediately gratifying for the requirements of tomorrow. Okay, and that was her other issue, or one of the other one of the other stuff. No, I see. Times times a tough issue all the time. All right. I mean, I know I didn't have much time when I was in high school because I was involved in so many things. Mm-hmm. You know, you're doing like band and sports and whatever, and and now that we professionalized teenage <laughs> sports, well, I didn't get a check. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, like, no, I understand. You, you see what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah, but I would go to school, or you know, before school, you had marching band practice, mm-hmm. then you had school, and then after school, you had football practice, and then on certain nights, then you had band practice again, right? And that's if you're not already in a club. Well, but now football practice is, is every night of the week with games on the weekends, and then whenever well, you're- it is every day of the week, yeah, oh, yeah. And then whenever you're not in football season, you better be doing track or something like that to stay competitive and in shape in order for the mm-hmm. yeah yeah exactly. And then club sports and and all these other things that that go along with it to just to make sure that you're competitive, that you have that edge, that you're going to be good enough for the team or whatever. And so, and then whenever you have like as uh, whenever it comes to your your faith life, and you're like, oh yeah, I, b- I believe in God. But when was the last time you prayed? Oh, I just, I just, you know, haven't really had time for it, or maybe before a test, or quick prayer, like before a meal, or something like that. But that was another thing that they talked about in this one class. Too, oh, really? Is that nobody, either they don't have a prayer life, and you know, it's it's mostly, and and if they do, it's always like, oh, I pray right before I go to bed, because that's what you learn when you're like five, right? And they just kind of still stick with that, which I find really interesting because um, one of the most uh, like we do a lot of retreats and one of the most commented things on the retreats that we do, if, especially if there's a time for adoration or silent prayer of any kind, a lot of times when the kids do the reviews, that's the part that they like the most. This opportunity to um, pray before the blessed sacrament for a prolonged period of time of silence, this um, this sacred experience that they don't get to, they don't get to have anymore. This, this like, right. Cause we're giving them that time. Right. Right. We're and, forcing them and, to have this time that they never have. Mm-hmm. It's like, now we're giving you the time. <laughs> exactly. And, and the, the comments are like, I, I just felt like so at peace, you know, it, 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 that's, that's always the thing. And whenever our world is this, this chaos of anxiety and stress, and then, you know, you feel like you can't, go into silence and you don't have time to go into quiet um, whenever obviously it's the thing that we need the most in this world and in the current in the current cultural dynamic or whatever um, and I find that a really interesting thing um, like almost a direct spiritual battle thing right you know like 
like, oh, okay, so they they don't have uh, this this generation doesn't seem to have a problem believing in God. Well, let's just make sure that they can't develop that in any kind of way. Let's fill their world with so much noise and stress and busyness and needing the needing to succeed and needing to to always look towards the future and this next thing that's that they don't have time. They feel like they don't have they have all this pressure and no time to be able to slow down and actually develop a real relationship with this God whom they believe in. And I found that really interesting when she when she mentioned that it's time because that's not something that I would have thought of for as a, as a struggle. And then she said, "No, that's something that we really deal with." Mm, it's very adult that she thinks that, opposed right. to not noticing that she's not doing it. Right? No, yeah, because that's the thing is she like totally believes in God, and then she's oh no, no not that part. Oh. The fact that she's noticing that she doesn't have time to do the prayers, mm-hmm. like. And me at that age, I would have not prayed and then not realized that I wasn't praying unless someone said, hey, how much are you praying? Exactly, yeah. Yeah, whenever you walk into the office and you're like, you know. Is this mine? Uh, it ain't mine. Well, maybe it is mine. No. I don't know. It's a bottle of water. Mine now. There you go. Oh, we didn't drink any. Oh, what you want to Should we have talked about what we was drinking? Oh, we haven't drank anything yet. No, we drank anything. We drank at dinner. Oh, yeah. I had a Dos Equis Amber. Yeah, and it was on tap, too. Yeah. And that big old goblet. That was an interesting goblet that they put it in. Yeah, we went to a Mexican restaurant today Yeah, with our good friends from St. Anthony's. Woot, woot. So we had a good time there. That was a woot, woot for St. Anthony's. Yeah. And it was uh, uh, Joe Wattenberger's birthday. Happy birthday, Joe. Happy birthday, Joe. 18. <laughs> 25. But, uh, um... Uh, I had a um, a margarita with a Grand Mariner upside down inside of it. Uh, did you say Grand Mariner? What did I say? Grand Mariner. Grand Mariner. Sorry. <laughs> Grand Marnay. Grand Marnay. Whatever. Grand Marnay. Whatever you say. That, that fancy orange Grand stuff. It's a liqueur. Yeah. <laughs> I, I got a bartender behind me yelling at me about how to, how to pronounce this thing, too. But anyway, it was all right. Um I'm not a uh, margarita guy myself, but I was just having some for funsies. <laughs> yeah. So the last one that she mentioned. Um, oh, did we want to talk about this time stuff more? No. I think, no, actually, I think we should. Oh, yes. I mean, like. I, I think we're running low on time. Are we? No. <laughs> oh. Ah, I see what you did there. He walked away. Keep talking. I keep it talking and he walked away. It's weird now. I'm talking to an empty chair. Oh, he's bringing over a beer. Now that's nice. Corona. Thanks for the beer, Neil. No problem. You paid for it. <laughs> I sure did. Uh, all right, keep going on time. All right, so time. So um, that's their, their struggle. So I think um, how do we help them do a couple things? A, help them recognize that um, making this time brings peace into the chaos of their lives like it, it it's ultimately helps every aspect of what they're actually dealing with um the anxiety the stress the the feeling of uh of needing to prove some things in order to be accepted the feeling of uh not being good enough all this stuff um a lot of that is not not completely gone away because I think obviously we're, you know some people and you know present company included 
will struggle will struggle with that stuff like their whole lives, right? Mm-hmm. But um, but that time in prayer, that that's uh, those moments of silence or reflecting in scripture or whatever it happens to be, spending that time with God, just um, I think it helps push it to bet to the back end or, or to help us at least, even if we feel it, know that it's not always true. You know, know, know that it's that those things aren't true, that that God is for me and, and not against me and, and that kind of stuff. So how do we do that? <laughs> <laughs> he was like, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> so, like every other podcast, we just tell, talk about the problems and the issues without solving them. <sighs> If we solved them, we'd be able to charge for this podcast. That's true. That is very true. But we can't charge for this podcast. Yeah. What was the third thing? The third thing was shame. Shame? Shame. Feeling like you're not good enough for God because of things that you've done. Or that God doesn't accept you or wouldn't love you or... um, Like, I'm going to dip my fingers into holy water and it's going to boil or the church is going to collapse on me and yeah, there's right. a lot of that, which I, which is interesting to me, um, and I think a lot of that goes back again to this idea of this uh, um, try hard, pious Christianity that is popular uh, amongst a lot of the adults they look up to. You know, um, you, you look up at uh, um, these two these people who are too Catholic for the Pope or too Catholic for whatever. You know, that uh, oh. <laughs> that. Um, nobody seems to measure up because they've they've got it all figured out and uh that becomes the the post they become the poster children for for catholicism and then all these kids say say like whoa well well i'm not that so i guess god doesn't want me i'm not good enough right right i'm not good enough right i'm not good enough to be that that's a uh, um i think so in uh, in Pope Francis' document, Christus Vivit, um, he talks about he talks about youth ministry having two primary ends or two primary purposes. One of them was growth, which which we already knew, right? This idea of helping um, teens and young adults grow in their faith, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that a lot of times as youth ministers, that's the that's the part we want to focus on. That's that's the part we're like, oh, let's. Let's get those those ten or thirty kids or whatever who'll come to youth group and uh, want to come out to Steubenville and let's disciple them and help them walk with Jesus and and all that kind of stuff. You know, make them as core team leaders or whatever, because um, that's that's easy, right? That, that's these are, these are people who are you know in the faith and kind of growing in it. But then the the other part is he says um, is outreach, reaching out to those and having a space for those who. Um, don't feel like they belong. Don't feel like they're good enough. Um, and don't feel like they're accepted by God. Uh, and having space for that. And I think there is a lot of um. There's a lot more kids out there that fit in that category, than in in than in the other category. <laughs> but I think that's um, in ministry, that's the harder category. Because how do you help? Um, how do you help a teen overcome this idea of inadequacy? Whenever ultimately we are inadequate, I think. Yeah, I guess the, it's hard to because you might not know that, or 
you'd have to just do those blanket statements like that or have a right but it's hard to feel like you're good enough it's hard to it's hard to believe you're good enough when you don't feel like you're good enough right it's hard to believe that you're called and you're chosen when you don't feel like you're called and you're chosen right but then there's nothing i'm going to be able well i wouldn't say that i'm going to say well there's nothing i can't tell you to say that but right but right we can try and help them right and that was why, like the the accompaniment model that that uh, um, and the road to Emmaus and what Pope Francis talks about all the time is this is that's how that's how you help people know that they are they do have a place at the table is that yeah you you listen to you know what's going on and you um, uh, you respond to it but you also you stay like like in in the Emmaus thing he listens to what's going on and. And they have all these responses or whatever, and then he responds to to um, what their questions were and what their thoughts were and all this stuff, um, and then he, you know, goes on with them. He follows them on the journey, and whenever they ask him to stay, he stays. He stays with them, you know. And I think that that's, I think that that's a step in the direction, right? So so it's us being able to a listen to to our teens. Right. Uh, and and then respond to the questions that they're actually asking versus, you know, just responding, you know, just uh, Pope Francis has a great line in Christus Vivid, this idea that uh, we have ready-made answers for questions they're not asking. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> stock answers. Exactly. Jesus yeah. loves you. Yeah, we're doing, yeah, we're doing these apologetics to things that they're not asking because we th- still think we're, we're ministering to millennials or Gen Xers. Um, and not, and not Gen Z, um, or iGen, whatever you want to call them. I like iGen. You like iGen? Yeah. I wonder what they're going to do after that. Like our kids. I've heard the term alpha gen. Oh, I've heard that too. Yeah. But I don't know if that would happen. I mean, ultimately it becomes the generations that choose these things. Right. So like, I don't know if the generation themselves choose it. I think, I think it ends up becoming more of the more coming from the generation itself because i actually think iGen is going to fail um because a lot of the gen a lot of these the iGeners or they don't like the idea of being called iGen yeah but the millennials didn't pick millennials i kind of think they did yeah but they started calling them millennials before they were even out of high school why yeah because it was yeah oh yeah <coughs> it was gen all these y. all these names kept floating around but i think what ended up <coughs> millennials ended up sticking because the millennials actually kind of well, no, they, they identified with it. Yeah, but they also they. I don't know. I feel like that was. I feel like that was branded around two thousand. Yeah. Why they call it a millennial? Exactly. And they just did it, and I think it just worked well because that's what old people like to do and yell at everybody younger than them. Yeah. Because a lot of people say that about the the Gen Zers, right? The iGeners, and they go, "Oh, damn millennials." Mm-hmm. And they're not talking to millennials. They're talking to, to iGen people. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to have... <laughs> I don't think we're going to have any guests on this one because they're all falling they, asleep. They are all asleep. Oh, well, we had a okay. tough day. It was a long day. <clears throat> we started out early. We had the um, beginning. Yeah. I guess we could talk more about the the first day of RE Congress. Oh, yeah. The first thing we, you know... They have the opening ceremonies and prayer service, and um, we find out Father Chris isn't uh, running. No, it's Sister Rosalia. Yeah, 
I'll miss Father Chris a lot. Sister seemed nice. You know, it's her first time, so I, I see that it is her first time. Yeah. So I think... She did a good job, though. She really No, excited. she did good. I think Father Chris was a little better at public speaking now, but... As a priest, he probably has a little more practice, too. Exactly. <laughs> and then again, you know, you don't get hired for the job because you do a good speech at the beginning. Right. Right. So. <laughs> Angel, Angel thinks that she looks like the... The sister from Nacho Libre. Oh, yeah. She does kind of look like the sister from Nacho Libre. And she kind of talks like her, too. Maybe it's the, uh, what's it called? The, what is the name of the sister from Nacho Libre? I don't know. I'll have to look it up. Let's look up Nacho Libre while we're doing that. So, what else about the opening? Yeah, the opening was all right. The opening was all right. I wasn't, uh, like. I mean, I'm not really I thrilled. Particularly moved. We also showed up, like, a few minutes late, too. Yeah, so that but. could have been a part of the issue. Incarnacion, that's right. <laughs> Nacho Libre, sister Incarnacion. I don't know, but I mean, a lot of this, the stuff for RE Congress is just, is some of it so much. It's, right. you know, like, oh, we're going to do a prayer service, but it has to have 45 dancers and, right. and uh, everybody does these weird speeches or something. And it's like, some of it's like, oh, yeah, that's deep. And some of it's like, <sighs> exactly. More distracting than prayerful or helpful. Yes. And some of it's too showy. and Yeah. Especially at Mass. You know, when we went to Mass today, it was very, like, yeah. 45 minutes of dancers setting up the altar. And, <laughs> and then after communion, it's like, okay, we're going to sing one more song. Even though we just sang four songs because it takes that long to feed that many people. But now we're going to play one more. Yeah. So you could just watch one guy dance. Yeah, that was a problem. And distracting. And then like, and then you're like, ah, because it's daily mass that takes about an hour and 45 minutes. Yeah. (laughs) No, it probably wasn't that long, but it was pretty close. It it was, yeah, probably about an hour and a half. But the priest we had, or the celebrant was a bishop. Daniel Flores. He was awesome. From, what was it called? Brown something? Brown, Brownstown or Brown, Browning? Brownstown? Brownstown. Brownstone. Brownstone. I was close. Brownstone, Texas. This guy was awesome. He had an awesome voice. He had like a voice that they used to dub over, you know, foreign films into English. And you're like, oh, that's a strong voice. Yeah, he had an awesome voice. You know, I was in a workshop today and she showed part of of, uh, Spartacus, the um, movie with uh, what's his face? Kirk Douglas. Yeah, it, it was the part where it's like, I am Spartacus. I'm Spartacus. I'm Spartacus. I'm Spartacus. I didn't really understand the connection. I was <laughs> I was like, oh, wait a second. She's like, this, what does youth ministry look like whenever we're working together? I'm like, and then she says, I'm Spartacus. I'm like, all right. <laughs> they were all, well, the whole point is they were supposed to be doing that so that if everybody was Spartacus, then nobody was Spartacus. Right. So or did everybody get crucified? I don't remember the end of the film. Um, I think it was just... I don't remember the end. I didn't know that part. And I know Tony Curtis goes, I love you, Spartacus. I love you, Spartacus. Because it wasn't you. the whole thing like... I love you, Spartacus. <laughs> like, he said, oh, oh, all you guys are pardoned. You're not going to... Nobody is... No, this this uh, this uprising or whatever, that's, that's cool. It's done. It's over. The Romans won. And so everybody's pardoned. 
as long as we get Spartacus, we're going to crucify Spartacus as the, the person to blame for all these things. So show us his body if he's dead or um, show us where he's at if he's still alive. And that's when they all start saying, I'm Spartacus. I'm Spartacus. Yeah, I'm Spartacus. Now he sounds stupid for anybody who's older who's like, yeah, we know what happened. Uh, yeah, but now I can't remember if, like, did did they get all pardoned or did they all get No, crucified? I think he got crucified. Everybody got crucified then, yeah? Or did they find Spartacus? I don't remember. Oh, man, we're Probably so true. stupid. Yeah. Where's where's our boomers? We need a boomer to um, explain Spartacus. Okay, boomers, now's your time to shine. <laughs> yeah, you know what? I love how the kids do that, like, because how the old people say everybody's a millennial. Yeah. The young people say everybody's a boomer. Yeah, exactly. My cousin's daughter. They call keeps, you a boomer? She keeps, well, at least they say that to my cousins. They're like, she's like, oh, okay, boomer. And then Erica's like, I'm not a boomer. And then she's like, yeah, but you I'm don't. A millennial. Then she goes. Don't hurt my feelings. Well, okay. First of all, it's Gen X. But. And then. She's she's like, you just don't understand, Mom. That's just what we call you guys. <laughs> it's like, no, you don't understand. Yeah. What else did we do today? Um, I went to Katie Prejean McGrady's talk, which was awesome. But yeah. She's always awesome. Was she- uh, Julianne Stans did a talk. I didn't go to that, though. Angel did. Mm-hmm. Um, Yeah. Robert Barron talked on the Eucharist. Yeah. It was a good talk, but I felt like he ripped us off. That he stole our stuff? No, we're just educated by no, him. No, <laughs> that's not how it goes. Because he sat there and he said on how he read the letter, or the not the letter, it was the Pew the, research, uh, the Pew research mm-hmm. on the... the 70% of Catholics. Don't know. Don't believe. Yeah, don't believe in all that stuff. And then he was like, I need to teach a class on this. Or not a class. Do my lecture mm-hmm. at at youth di- or at uh, L.A. Congress. On this and and then he's like, I really wanted to do it because especially there was this thing I heard on the Internet of these two guys. Yep. It was definitely us. He gave us a shout out. <laughs> Bishop Barron's a listener. <laughs> uh, if, you, if you guys are unfamiliar with um, what we're talking about, we did uh, it was episode six. Uh, Neil and I did, and it's uh, um, there is no bread, there is no bread, there's only Jesus, and Neil says BS. That was the name of the episode. Um, if you want to go check that out, we talk about the real presence and how people struggle with it, and how seventy percent of Catholic um, people that identify as Catholic don't believe in the real presence of the Eucharist, and so his whole, his whole talk was on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep, and then I figured it out that the Eucharist is a bread bowl. Yeah, this isn't going to work because the, never mind. Go no, ahead. No, because the outside is bread <laughs> and Jesus is the clam chowder. Yeah. Inside. Inside. No, that's 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 because the inside of bread is just more more bread. Yeah, but it's not. It's Jesus now. It's talking about the substance, not the That not substance the is when you go up and order a bread bowl, are you ordering a loaf of bread or are you ordering soup? Uh, both, I guess. No, or, you're ordering soup. That's, that's the essence. No, that's the essence. <laughs> is the soup? What are you asking for? Soup. This is the sounding bread Lutheran bowl to is me. Still, huh? <laughs> this is sounding Lutheran to me. Oh, don't. <laughs> <laughs> There's a Lutheran in the room in this in the studio audience. <sighs> 
Also, I did think that that was funny, speaking of which. So I was like, I was sitting there thinking because we were at Mass, and then the first reading came from the book of James. And I am and I just kept thinking to myself, I'm sitting next to a Lutheran, I'm sitting next to a Lutheran, I'm sitting next to a Lutheran. And I'm like all excited because I'm, I'm a child and a nerd. And <laughs> and, I, and then I was like, I was like, oh my, oh my goodness, like, it's like, it's like Dylan called ahead and said, hey, there's going to be this Lutheran here at this, at this Catholic conference, Bishop, you should probably change your talk to something on the Eucharist and really hammer in this transubstantiation thing. And then also, also at Mass, can you make sure that the readings from James, whenever they say that faith without works is dead, twice can you make sure that's the reading at Mass? <laughs> I'm like, somebody called ahead, so cat. In the future, you refer to me as Lutheran by association. Lutheran by association. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that was a that was cat. That was cat. That was cat's corner. Everyone, she's Lutheran by association. (laughs) Although she's, I I heard you're baptized Catholic. Are you baptized Catholic? So I honestly don't know. We were at an Well, we can fix that right now. I, I, <laughs> I have my baptism certificate, like, at the house because I need to get it for the You need to get classes. married. Yeah. And I haven't, I know, I think my older brother was baptized Episcopalian. And I was either baptized Episcopalian or Lutheran. And my little brother was definitely baptized uh, Lutheran. So we've just kind of bounced around. Like they're going to a Baptist church right now. They don't care <laughs> at all. So. Oh. Huh. All right. Well, we'll fix. By the way, either either way, those are va- Episcopalian or Lutherans are valid baptism. You're so good. You just need to come into full communion with the church, girl. Yeah. <laughs> don't worry. We'll get her. We'll totally get her. We got two more days. <laughs> And apparently Dylan called ahead to make sure that they hammer in all the Trent stuff from from post-Reformation. Transubstantiation and works. (laughs) Boom, boom, boom. I think there's a song about that. (laughs) Yeah. Because there's nothing that gets Lutherans who want to convert to Catholicism more than liturgical dance. (laughs) She already... She already says that our masses are too long as it is. Just add twenty minutes of dancing. This is exactly this is like church. You've heard you heard it here first at uh, on Among Wolves that if you wanna if you wanna bring the Lutherans back into full communion, you need to have more of that sweet sweet liturgical dance. <laughs> Take forty minutes to dress the altar. <laughs> Which the dressings were nice. They were very nice. The altar looked gorgeous, but it just. But you could have done it in a minute and a half. (laughs) I could have got some altar servers to go do that. Nope, nope. Lutherans like the liturgical dance. (laughs) (laughs) You know what's bad is we probably got like three listeners that are like. I I love liturgical dance. (laughs) They're like. And they're like, screw you, wolves. <laughs> I'm going to give you a bad review. On I- Don't give us a bad review on iTunes because it would hurt our ego. And that's all we really have is our ego. <laughs> do we even have any reviews? Yes, we do. We do have a review. It says that we're fun and it's five stars. That's our only one, right? Yeah, hold on. Let me let me go find it. Why don't you, why don't you riff while I find a review? From what I remember, it was your mom who wrote that. <laughs> It wasn't my my mom hasn't even listened to an episode which 
which makes me it sad. Says, These guys are really fun, especially David, who's a really handsome boy, and he's so good to his mother. <laughs> Sign, <laughs> love, mom. Sign, Mrs. Hall. All right, so uh, we have <laughs> five reviews, five out of five stars. So please uh, review us on iTunes and give us more stars. Are those just uh, five ratings, or do we have reviews? Those are the ratings. Here's the one review. The one review is uh, by Pro Life Boy. Shout out to no, sorry. Pro life bro, not shout out, not pro life boy. That sounds like a weird superhero in a crappy Catholic comic book. But but it says Among Wolves is my jam. It says these guys can't have enough fun and laughs. If you're looking for a super casual, laid back Catholic show, then Among Wolves is for you. That sounds like you wrote that. <laughs> Did you write that too? Neil? No, that's a friend of yours. That is a friend of mine. <laughs> shout out to pro life bro. Bro. For uh bro, do you even pro life? Do you, even, do you even pro-life? Oh, I got one for next week. What's Bro, that? do you even lend? Do you even lend? <gasps> oh! That's oh, gonna be our, that's we gonna gotta be put episode. that on a shirt. That's gonna be our episode. <laughs> no, the pro-life bro is Luke Faulkner. He has a uh, um, podcast called The Vita Podcast. So if you're interested in the pro-life movement, check out The Vita Podcast. <laughs> she Guess Dylan woke we, up. We, we've offended our token Lutheran and she's left. Dylan, you want to talk about today? Oh, Dylan wants to talk about today. We were pointing out on how Robert Barron ripped us off. <laughs> how did Robert Barron rip us off? He listened, he to, listened our to our podcast and, and used talk. all that. Of course, he added a lot of historical facts and things like that that, you know. And he said it I mean, we way thought more eloquently it was without, than we could. Yeah. And when, you know, the old ladies were like crying when he was done because he did such a good job. Yeah. I felt like they were crying over us. Yeah. Dear baby. Welcome to Dumpville. Population, you. Do you want to build a snowman? Sure. Sweet. Awesome. Are we going over like just you gotta get You got to talk in the microphone. You are way too far oh. away from that girl. Like right here? Yeah. Oh, oh I'm sorry. Got... Well, Neil like put the whole chair all the way back. So scoot the chair in, girl. Oh, Look how close I am to my microphone. I have to get close to my microphone. So that way my editing is easier later. You're causing me problems. I'm sorry. Speak into the microphone. Do you want to build a snowman? Do you want to build a snowman? No, thank you. ASMR. No, Over my <laughs> cold, dead body. Are we just talking like... I don't know. What oh. are we talking about? Go ahead. Tell me Tell me what you found profound or interesting today. So, I think my favorite session so far has been my second one, which was God and Movies. Mm-hmm. Because last year was really like a big year for like religion, like... People who are really scared to make movies about religion, and I feel like they did that, but they didn't do it in the right way. And that's what the Reverend was talking about. You know, there's so many, like, there was um, Bad Habit, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Breaking Habit. It's about these two, like, these sisters who, like, grow cannabis to save people. (laughs) And, like, like, so the story behind it is this lady was married and for a while it was really good and her husband got sick and eventually passed away and she felt like she wanted to do something for the community and so what she did was she started to grow marijuana in her backyard and make a sisterhood of it was this a true story yeah dude it's on like it's a it's a documentary it's called breaking habit yeah it's called breaking habit and then we were talking about unplanned with uh 
Abby Abby, Abby Johnson story. Yeah. yeah, that one I saw in theaters with the young adult group yeah. that we do. Um, also, there was uh, by the grace of God. It's actually a true story about um, this guy who leaves the Catholic Church because he's had uh, he was you know the whole touching kids when he was younger and so he went back to the church and the priest was still there and so he tries he was he was molested as yeah. a child mm-hmm. oh. it's um let me see oh alexander was touched by father prayer pray net pray net yeah um it's a really good one the trailer seemed really cool um i mean i'd watch it uh, the one I was really interested in watching though was the uh, Hidden Life. Hidden was, Life, yeah. yeah. I really want to watch it. And, I've heard so many good things about this film. And actually, he was talking. The Reverend was talking. He was like, "This is something you should show to your confirmation students." He's like, "Cause it puts them in a stance of like, if if Hitler was still now was like a nowadays person, and he came, would you fight with him? Like right. based on your." You know, your morals, your religion. Are you willing to stand up for Christ and say oh. no? Yeah, and it goes, it goes to the pro-life movement, too, yeah. talking about that. was this this idea of uh, these other people are not as human as as we are. And yeah. so that was that was the whole thing. And whether or not the um, – what was the guy's name? What was the guy's name from the movie? Do you um, – he, He's a blessing, Frads too, isn't he? Jag- Jagister? What? Fra- Fraz- Fraz- Jagister? Exterior, I think it was the that name. That sounds familiar. Hold on. But yeah, he um, he was saying the when we were watching the trailer, it looked really interesting because it was like, you know, it it took place back then. It's like you know, you never think about, you know, what would you do in that situation, but with the way he put it, it was like nowadays is like, <clears throat> you know, sometimes our young teens see stuff at school with bullying. You know, and it goes back to, like, back then when they used to bully the Jews. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, do we really want to stand up or just kind of hide behind and just do what everyone else is doing so that we don't get punished or we don't get bullied for it either? Or whatever the status quo is, what's socially acceptable and that stuff, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I've heard so many good things about that movie. Yeah, and I was surprised that he was like, you should show it to your confirmation students. And I was like, oh, I mean, I would. I mean... I don't I don't see a problem with it. I think the whole like thing behind the the message behind it is really cool. Sadly it ended like you know No no spoilers. I'm not no spoilers. No spoilers. No spoilers. I'm sorry. But know. is this thing on Netflix? I don't think it's on Netflix. I think it's an actual movie. Well yeah, but is it available on Netflix right now? Mm, no, not though he said. He said it didn't really even work out in box offices. Um and then the last one that they were talking about was Breakthrough, which was about the boy who was adopted by the family and he fell through the um he fell through the ice and he was in there there for for 15 minutes and uh it's just a story of how he of how the family was how the family was super spiritual with it still that they weren't like oh my gosh my son they were like god i give everything up to you and then the story about the guy who rescued the um the little boy from the ice 
was atheist and said he didn't believe in God. And now, and then the pastor who was with them the whole time, it's just, it's a, it's a long story and it's one of those cheesy, like, ones that you always see, like, God's not dead. But I mean, he I was, <laughs> yeah, I, I know, <laughs> but it's an, That's the other thing about being Christian. <laughs> we make movies. crappy films. <laughs> Speaking of which, did you know that the people that make those uh, those those films, the Provident film, make oh well, this unnamed Christian company that we won't say on the on the air because I'm worried about getting sued. Yeah. Uh, um, did you know that they also make the Sharknado films? No, I love Sharknado, man. <laughs> Me too. But here's the thing. Here's what they figured out. <laughs> Here's they figured out. They figured out that they don't have the budget to make these giant blockbuster films, but they know that every every library, every streaming service, every Redbox is going to want to put two types of films in there: these cheesy little B films yeah. mm-hmm. and Christian films. So, so they of- make they make bank off of doing these <laughs> cheesy Christian films and Sharknado because they know that every yeah. single service is going to have them. Oh yeah. When shark, <laughs> when, I think that's hilarious. They when like the newest Sharknado came out, they did like a Sharknado marathon, and they had an app that you can download. And like I was all over that app, like just taking pictures. It was hilarious. But I just find the Sharknados like hilarious. They like are awesome. it, it's 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 yeah. like this generation's Tremors. Yeah. Did you ever watch <laughs> Tremors as a kid? No, I never have. Tremors was I made my I made my three year old daughter watch Tremors too with me. It was awesome. Oh, is that a good idea? Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> just like it's a good idea i when i took athena to the uh living station uh living stations and she saw jesus die so every time we go to church she's like oh my gosh nina jesus dies and i'm like yeah and she's like and then he comes back yeah <laughs> that's what Gemma said about the monster on on tremors too she said <laughs> the monster was going to eat them but then they they shot him and he got dead <laughs> but he comes back <laughs> he comes back just like Jesus, baby. Just like Jesus. Yep. <laughs> but like going, <laughs> Neil. But that's resuscitation, not resurrection. Those nope. are two different things. Super. Um, but going back to the whole movie thing, I think it's. She's like, get back on topic, David. <laughs> this is my podcast. No. <laughs> but like, I just, I don't know. I, I feel like it's really good to like sit down and realize like how the good things they also talked about the two popes but that was just the movie sucked the movie was entirely was not adequate at all like they made benedict out to be this like person of like who didn't want like anything like he was he was super picky he was like he had attitude but it wasn't him at all like it was just how they portrayed him right you know, and and then they they had him being this ultra conservative character, and then Pope Francis being this ultra liberal character. Yeah, and like in our political, um, what's it called now? The dichotomy that we have right now, this uh, it, this polarization thing that that was very much what it was, and the whole thing was their conspiracy as to why Pope Benedict was stepping down is because he thought the church needed a more liberal Pope. And so he stepped down or whatever. Yeah. But it was that the, here's my big problem with this movie. Uh, did you see the movie? The I saw Pope's? parts of it. I just stopped because it looked ridiculous and it All was, right. it wasn't portraying how I was taught who Benedict was or Benedict was and like how my parents perceived him. So I watched the movie mm-hmm. and my, my big problem with it was it was beautiful. Like mm-hmm. the film was gorgeous. The dialogue was really, really well written. Like 
whoever put it together, they spent all their time to make sure that the actors looked like the popes that they're portraying. Oh, the scenes were the, so beautiful oh, and yeah. everything. The yeah. dialogue was clever mm-hmm. and, and, and it's it had layers to it. And even even though they quoted church teaching wrong a bunch of oh, times. Yeah. But um Was it a good movie? It was over it was a bad That's my problem with it. It was a good movie, but a terrible portrayal of of the, the Popes authentically mm-hmm. and of Catholicism authentically. In which case, like the stigma thing that we were talking about earlier, like now now, like, because it was so good, mm-hmm. people are gonna be like, Oh, that's that's oh, that this affirms my idea of what the Catholic Church is all yeah. about. This political machine that's uh that's no different than the American government. As as the Reverend was saying, he was saying like he has the goodies and the baddies. And the baddies is like how they portrayed Catholicism as and it, it just didn't work and it wasn't correct. And like he was saying, you know, our young people are so much especially on Netflix there's so much on it and so that they see this and they're like, well, we're getting taught something different, but they're making the movies like this. Right. Exactly. So yeah, that's my big problem with that, with stuff like that. Yeah. And then the other one I went to was the one about the ministry, which is really cool. It was all about, um, the, uh, with Julie or Julianne. Julianne St- yeah. Yes, um, stands. Yeah. David's girlfriend. Julianne Stans is pretty awesome. <laughs> uh, but there, the whole thing was based around her book that she had wrote, and she had talked about the kerygma. Yeah. And uh, tell us about the kerygma. <laughs> uh, the kerygma is the seed of the gospel. Don't tap my microphone. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, and the kerygma is the kerygma equals conversion. That's how we get these kids nowadays to do that and there's five steps there's creation there's the fall there's redemption there's conversion and then there's recreation yeah she used conversion rather than repentance mm-hmm. interesting very yeah mm. <laughs> oh no she did read for <laughs> i can't read my writing and <laughs> it was redemption i'm sorry or well, use redemption and repentance. then repentance yeah um but it was weird because I was sitting there and I was, and I, and there was multiple speakers, so they were all from the same like, I guess, maybe publishing, publishing com- thing that they had, and um, all of them were amazing. They were really cool. Um, I liked, like I said, I liked Julianne more, but then the, the guy who came after her was a doctor from Louisiana, and he was really cool. He was. He was talking about Dr. Ansel. Yeah. Augustine. I mm-hmm. love him. He's he, awesome. He was oh, he was he made me feel like what we were doing is something that I feel like my kids should be doing whenever I have them. Like it's it's great cuz I mean, so he was talking about everything starts with Jesus and then we it's not a he says it's not about us, but it's about what God does through us. And so it's like, it's true, we, you know, we have to work on ourselves also, but we have to portray ourselves and let everyone, like, our, you know, our teens know we're not perfect, but we're working on it, and we're willing to walk with you. Growing in virtue. Mm -hmm. Smart man. Yeah, and I was just, wow. And he has four methods of that. It's encountering, and then follow me, remain united, and then go and make disciples. Nice. Like every model of youth ministry ever. That's mm-hmm. awesome. 
But ever and then the other two were great. I didn't really have much notes on those, only because they were the same things that I've known with you going through, you know, core team training and stuff like that. Just the third one, the last one, just didn't really stuck out to me. It was, eh. That's because he's a heretic. Um. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, overall, it was good. Like, you know, it was my first day, and I was very happy. And I mean, I think. I like that I've been put into a lot of the ministry ones just so that I can expand like how I'm able to maybe go into more depth with the teachings. Idly hey. Go home. Doodly do. Hello, fold out there. Hey, what's up? This is our this is our our Protestant friend cat. By association. <laughs> Protestant by association cat. <laughs> Tell us a little bit about uh about your Protestant by association um background and growing up oh, and stuff like man, that. Oh man, I don't even know. <laughs> what what was what was faith like for you growing up? What what did you do with your family? Well, it was important like um well, they they just don't really care much about the denomination. Like my uh my mom's dad was a Lutheran pastor. So, she grew up with that. But my dad was like a strict Catholic. Like his parents have 15 kids, like the whole whole thing. Um they got married Episcopalian. <laughs> and then I don't remember if uh, I was baptized Episcopalian or Lutheran. I know my older brother was baptized Episcopalian. I know my younger brother was baptized Lutheran. And then now they're all going to a Baptist church. So basically they're okay with anything on the, with like a cross on the front as long as it's not like Mormon. Or you Catholic. Know? They, they Actually, have a- <laughs> they don't have crosses on the front. They have, like, the steeple, right? Right, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, as long as it's, you know, the Bible, they're good. Uh, so is it, so did you go to this, those churches growing up, too? Or Yeah. Yeah. So I don't remember the Episcopalian church, but it's still down there. It's, like, in, it's, like, near Chinatown or something like that. I don't What's the church remember. you remember? I, I grew up in the Lakes Lutheran okay. and Faith Academy, or Faith Community, I think is what they call the church. Okay. So and that's was, what I remember. And how was that experience for you? Eh, it was all right. Yeah, <laughs> it was all right. I didn't, I didn't really vibe with everything they said, and I feel like they needed you to like. It was one of those situations where, like, if you buy into this thing, you have to buy into all of it. And I didn't buy into all of it, so I was just kind of like not with it. What was your experience of? Uh, so you're at this this now. <laughs> Catholic <laughs> conference of like a lot, a lot of Catholics. I've had all flavors of Christianity <laughs> at this point. Yeah, exactly. Right. So, um, how was uh, how was your day? It was how all was right. Your day. Let's have some group therapy. <laughs> <laughs> it was. It was. It was good. <laughs> it the Eucharist thing. Like I, I did not understand a word of that. Like from Bishop Barry. Yeah, he <laughs> lost me within the first thirty seconds to one minute. Yeah, I was like, well, this is a lot of information, man. I don't even know. I'm like, okay, this is this is great and all that, and I've heard arguments like for and against what he said. And I'm like, okay, well, either way, it's God. So God's not going to do things how he wants to do them. And, you know, you can analyze it to absolute tears, but yeah. it is what it is at some point, and we do it. So. Yes. I did like that point that he made that's, um, like, uh, w- one of the things in that talk that, that really struck out to me was that he said that as as Catholic Christians, we are we are pretty much okay with breaking 
just about every single command that Jesus gives. You know, he's like, love your enemies, you know, pray for those who persecute you and all that stuff. And we be, be perfect as your heavenly father is perfect. Like we, 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 we fail in every single way uh, of all of Jesus commands, except for the one, right? So the one command of do this in remembrance of me, you know, ever since, ever since the last supper, we've been repeating the Eucharist. And I did think that was, or repeating the, the, the last supper moment um, for centuries on centuries on end. And I did think that that was really interesting. The Baptists ain't been doing it. That's a, they have a, they do communion um, or the Eucharist, I guess they do communion once a month on Wednesday night. Right. Right. Because I guess they have so many people. It's just not doable. And I guess, um, I don't know. I'm not a professional. Like one Protestant reformer said like, as long as you do it once a month, it's okay. So they kind of just go by that. And if people want it, they can show up. Yeah, that but was. they don't do it during service. That was a very um, American movement for the Eucharist for well for communion because they wouldn't consider it Eucharist because that's what the, uh, the 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 Catholics call it and they don't really like us that much, so they prefer <laughs> they prefer to call it communion. Um, but what's interesting, do you know who Francis Chan is? No, Francis Chan is this Protestant uh, preacher, and he went to uh, he got all over the the Catholic twitters and. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Catholic internets uh, a couple of weeks ago because he did this whole street preaching with his community or whatever, where he was talking to his community and he was talking about the Eucharist and how he was, um, how he was like, uh, he did not realize that for the first 1500 years of the church, everybody believed that the Eucharist was the, that the communion was the, the true body, blood, soul and divinity of, of Jesus and uh it wasn't until the reformation where that changed and then he talks about like in in Paul's letter to the Corinthians where there where Paul's talking about the uh being discerning the body in the Eucharist and must the the need to discern that God is present there and received of the Eucharist worthily and those who didn't receive it worthily worthily were dying and he's like He's like this. This sounds like something really important for the early church, and yet we abrogate it to something once a month or whenever we feel like it, and stuff like that. Versus, um, versus the way that these Christians, the earliest Christians, were like, you know, this is this is dangerous, and we want to do this, and we want to do it repeatedly and often, and we want to take great care in how we do it. And uh, it went up, blew up in the t- in the uh, Catholic Twitter world because we're like, oh my goodness, this is a famous famous Protestant preacher, and he's sounding really, really Catholic right now. Um, but anyway, that was, uh, uh, that was just one of those things like, yeah, th- like you're right. Like a lot of the, the modern Protestant movement, especially in the United States, had had diminished the uh, importance of the Eucharist. But now a lot of these evangelicals that are diving more into Scripture, and especially those who are looking into history and the early church fathers, are more and more recognizing the importance of the Eucharist throughout history for Christians. Yeah, no, that's happening right now at the Baptist church because they've been dismissing a lot of like, I guess what the old timers call like, you know, liturgy and like stuff like that, that they found really important. And they just got a new pastor and he's trying to reintroduce communion every night because some people in the Baptist church have been complaining, like you guys aren't sticking to like what, a church service should be. So I think they're kind of moving in that direction, but I find yeah, really interesting. Well, there was like this, you know, the whole separation reformation thing was like 
a while back and we can't act like there wasn't a lot of politics involved oh in that. yeah there was so, a ton of politics in that so there, like maybe it's not just theology you know maybe there was more right. to this and it, what we're seeing right now is the pendulum swinging the other way and they're mm-hmm. like okay we're losing some of what is of value to us here so we gotta gotta go back and uh, retrace our steps a little bit it only took 500 years to start <laughs> start watching this pendulum swing the other direction we uh, we be, can be stubborn at times yeah. but you know Welcome home. Welcome home. <laughs> She's like, I ain't converted yet. Dude. I'm like, look, man, I just got here. Like, I just showed up. This, this is the most Catholic thing I've ever been to, and I'm a little freaked out. I, I went to a Catholic church, and there were these benches underneath the seats, and they had us kneeling and stuff. And I was like, this is, this is a lot for me to deal with right now, guys, and my knees hurt. And, uh, and I didn't remember this being a requirement when I was growing up, so... I'm going to need you to just, just slow all of this down just for a second. <laughs> like I said before, you guys took so long just to pass out bread and wine. <laughs> and they were not as efficient as these people were at your mass. You know, they were taking their sweet, sweet time. And Which I, mass was that? Uh, the one we had today. Oh, They yeah, were pretty yeah. efficient with that. I'll give them that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It was just a lot of people. This has been Cat's Corner, ladies and gentlemen. Cat's Corner. Cat's Corner. Make that a hashtag. Yep. The, the, those those moments when we check in with our Protestant friend on her road to conversion to Rome. <laughs> Slow your roll. <laughs> <She's> like, <laughs> <laughs> I just got here, guys. <laughs> cool. I'm marrying a Catholic, though, so it's she like is. inevitable at this point. Yeah. That's slowed up. He's a... <laughs> You're the, yeah, you're the one that bought the ring. Where are you And he for? proposed. Good All night. Right. Okay, we count three, two, one, stop, and then push the stop button. Do you know how to do that? Or you want you want no. to, Neil to be in charge of that? Neil. Neil, want to come push three, two, one, stop? Three, two, one, contact. Nope. Oh, sorry. Okay, Boomer. Sorry, Boomer. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> three. Two. Oh, crap, I why did I even come over here? This part was this part's gonna stay in. Good night everybody. See you tomorrow. <laughs>